0: Trapped under a forklift at the age of 16, Chris Tarver was about to find his life mission to grow closer to God and to help others do the same. After spending years of studying different faiths, he would become the first and only member of his family to convert to the restored church. Chris will work his way into your heart with his southern charm, quick wit, and forthright manner. This is Converted, a podcast which highlights stories of those who have come into the fold of Christ's restored church. The views expressed in this program are those of the guests and host and do not represent official church doctrine. My name is Tiffany Unsworth, and I'm so grateful you would consider listening to another wonderful story of one of my friends in the faith. Okay, I am here with my friend Chris Tarver, and we have had a great time just getting ready for this interview. So we're so glad you're willing to talk with us today. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great.
0: (laughs) Awesome. So I've known Chris for a few years now, and he's got an awesome story, so we wanted to get it out there. So to start off, Chris, tell us just a little bit about your background. What's your history?
1: Uh, How far do you want to start? Like, how far back do you want me to go?
0: Maybe, like, high school. High
1: school! (laughs) Um, I'm from Louisiana originally, so, um, yeah. Um, grew up in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, a little town called Central. Um, and let's see here. I, it was interesting, um, something you may not know. I was 16 when this kind of, um... No, I was probably about 14 when my dad had given me a copy of the Bible. Uh, it was like a New Age translation or something. I began reading that, and I found a lot of answers in there, right? Hmm. And I really wasn't looking for religion, per se, mm-hmm. but just kind of answers, and I found it in the scriptures. As I would read that um, at night. And then around 16 years old, I got in an accident. I wrecked a forklift. What? Yeah, I was at work, and I rolled it over the top of me, and, um...
0: Which is not easy, or is it easy to do It depends
1: (laughs) if you're... you're... (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it it was, uh, my friend, I was driving it too fast, and he was sitting next to me, and I cut the wheel, hit a hole in the (laughs) dirt, and it went over. I don't remember what happened. I just remember when I woke up, it was on top of me. What? Okay, crazy. So I broke, um... My femur bone and several ribs, and then um, there were a lot of blessings or a lot of miracles that happened in that moment, right? Because uh, mm-hmm. a two thousand pound basic tractor falls on top of you. you. Yeah, there have to be a few miracles. One was I was in dirt, so it made kind of a, um, like a uh, an indention, indention. Where I was, right? Yes. And so that took out. But also the other miracle was the week before another guy hit a telephone pole with it right where the roll cage hit me, was we'll also indented in like a concave. So between the two, it made just enough space where it didn't completely crush me. Wow. But instead kind of, uh, I'm picturing
0: this. Yeah. Yeah. And it
1: left me underneath it, but somehow my femur bone broke. They don't know that, but they know how the ribs broke.
2: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: and I was in the hospital and a friend of my dad's came in and, and he was very, uh, emphatic that the reason I was still alive was because the Lord had work for me to do. How cool. And he was really excited about that. And He, um, it it was really an interesting experience because I also felt that in that moment. Hmm. And so I'd kind of had a beginning. Um, I'd grown up Catholic. Um, my dad was Protestant church of Christ. Mm -hmm. My mom was Catholic, um, primarily went to the Catholic church. Um, but for some reason at that moment, I knew, you know, that there was something that the Lord had for me other than just, you know, go do whatever, And it took a while for me to figure that out. And I started going to different churches. I
2: -hmm.
1: I really wasn't, um, I I didn't really feel like I fit fit in the Catholic church. And so I started looking. And really, if I I dated a girl and she was one religion, I'd go there. If I had friends that (laughs) were this religion, I'd go there. Sure. And um, so that was when I was 16. And then that was, I think, sophomore, junior year, junior year, something like that. Yeah, junior year. Um, And then senior year came around. And I had started going to a little Baptist church in in, um, in my town with some friends. And like the first day of senior year, I met um, a young lady um, and asked her out. And we started dating. And like the second date, um, I had invited her over to watch a movie and eat some pizza. And and so I, um, I went to pour a glass of Dr. Pepper. And I asked her, would you like some Dr. Pepper? And she goes... No, I don't drink caffeinated drinks. I'm Mormon. <laughs> Come to find out, she did drink caffeinated drinks. She just needed to find some way to tell me that she was she was a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints.
0: She was like, "Here's my in. This Here's is it. my in.
1: I could use it." Dr Pepper. Yeah. Okay. That's a, no. Uh, so yeah, we don't want to offend all the people who still drink Dr Pepper, including no. myself. Um, and so uh, she she said that, and I didn't know what she was talking about. I I mean, Had you ever
0: heard of that thing? One
1: time. Okay. One time I was at, um, my uncle invited me to go to this non-denominational church that was doing a, um, this guest speaker was coming in to talk about cults Mm -hmm. and the one he wanted to talk about was either they were devil worshipers and Mormons were the two topics. Okay. And the only reason I really went was because they said that the devil worshipers are going to kill him. (laughs) (laughs) and I was probably 15 or 16 years old and I went, um, because it was like this, I was interesting and interested in it. So Everybody went, I went, I don't, I didn't know anything of what he said. I was more interested in what he was saying about the devil worshipers. Like he was talking about all these (laughs) things and I, I wasn't paying attention. I knew the name Mormons because it was in the title. I didn't know anything about it though. I really didn't even know if it was really real. And so when she said that, I'm like, yeah, right. Yeah. What are the chances?
0: This is what I've heard about this. Thing. Right. There okay. are,
1: there were actually I think four members in the church of the church in my high school whenever okay. I started. Hmm. And so we started dating. Um and it was interesting. I started going to um the to the church, uh our church, uh Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Every every Sunday I would go with her. I'd go to young men's. I would go to to, uh, priesthood I would do Sunday school I would do everything and then I would I would go to the Baptist church with my friends in the afternoon for evening service no and way I, and I was doing both yeah hmm. and um it it was it was a, um, a lot of church but it was interesting to learn um and so I was doing that for about a year or uh, let's see we started dating in August um so that my whole senior year that's what I was doing um and so, um, yeah, it, it was kind of a neat experience to go. And I remember sitting down, um, sacrament meeting was a little different for me.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, was it calmer? would you say? Or depends on if you count
1: children <laughs> crying calmer.
0: Okay. No, <laughs> I don't know why I chose that word.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was not called, it lighter. No. <laughs> no. My brother has since gone with me to church a couple times. And every time he says, y'all need a cry room.
0: Yeah. Get a cry room. Get a cry room
1: because at his church they have a room in the back with glass. You uh-huh. can look into the building, into the congregation. Yeah, we've got speakers and all the children crying in there, and
2: uh-huh. you know
1: it's kind of. And he's like, "Y'all need a cry room." No, it was calmer. It was it was a neat experience. I really enjoyed it. You could hmm. feel the spirit, but I'll say where I really, I started having the discussions pretty quick, um, and I felt it was like I knew, Joseph Smith was a prophet. I knew the Book of Mormon was real. There was no, there was never a question. Hmm. As to that, really, I mean, I don't remember every doubt and doubting those things. I remember thinking this is kind of strange at first, Mm -hmm. like this is a little weird, but I remember feeling pretty certain that it was, it was real and it was true. And I remember, um, um, brother Lloyd was our, I want to say he was our young men's president at the time. And I remember sitting in there with all the young men and, the first couple times, but I'd already had a couple of discussions with the missionaries. And I remember sitting in there with young men and they would ask me questions and the answers just came. And it was a lot of, it wasn't even stuff the missionaries had taught me. It just made sense. I knew I had read some of the book of Mormon already. I had studied a little bit of it, but it made sense. And what mostly made sense was that there were apostles and prophets. Hmm. The organization of the church made more sense to me than anything else.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I went on to study that eventually. I mean, the old Testament talks about it, the new Testament, the church was organized almost the same way from beginning to end. Why wouldn't it be organized the same? And I remember that the missionaries taught that. And I remember that would being something that really caught my attention. Hmm. Um, and so when I went to Sunday school, um, as you know me, I'm not one to keep my mouth shut. Um, <laughs> it was easy. The answers just came. A lot of them were just there. And, um, And so i began to do that and i was going to the the baptist church in the evening and then sometime around the end of my senior year uh probably march or so um the people at the baptist church found out i was going to the lds church and they began to really hit really hard the anti-mormon literature every sermon on sunday seemed to be about the lds church or mormons um, I remember I would take my, my girlfriend at the time uh, to Bible study. We would do Bible study with the Baptist church, and she would go with me. And it was great. Every week we would do it. It was a bunch of teenagers, and we would sit down with the guy who kind of lead the Bible study, and we would all sit down and study the scriptures together. And um, one day, once in the middle of all, of all this, he starts bashing on the on on the LDS church, and my girlfriend sitting behind me. And I just remember getting a pinch in the ribs every time he would say something negative about the church or, or some kind of anti thing. And she would just kind of pinch me on the back and, you know, I left there with several bruises. Um, and, um, Mm. it was kind of interesting. He had offended the Catholics, the Mormons, and pretty much anyone that wasn't of his faith. And it was, it was, it was pretty sad because we had a lot of people from a lot of different faiths in there that day. Mm. Um, and, and so, that began the kind of the question of, hold on, what, why is everybody freaking out? You know, why are people going against what I'm, I'm learning? Um, and so I began to, to, to ask a lot of questions. They would give me questions to ask in Bible study or the sermons. I would go to the missionaries or the state president or a bishop and I would ask questions like, and they would show me where to study and Mm -hmm. I would start studying and I wouldn't just, I wasn't just taking it for, for. For on either side. Yeah. You know? And then, um, one day, I, uh, one day I wound up in, it was right at the beginning of all this, I wound up in high priest, instead of Aaronic priests or elders.
0: So with the older guys.
1: Yeah, the older guys. (laughs) And they started talking about some things that was interesting. I mean, you know how the older guys can be and they're like yeah they start talking about our our purpose of becoming like our heavenly father right and that was like uh uh, like hold on what Mm. right that doesn't make a lot of sense to me it's contrary to everything and so yeah that kind of freaked me out a little bit at first and then um just kept going to church kept doing my thing i went every sunday Um, and went to both and then somewhere around June May or June um, I had decided I was going to get baptized in the Baptist Church I decided I wasn't going to join the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and there wasn't anything negative about the church I I knew Joseph Smith was a prophet I knew the Book of Mormon was true but at the same time I knew that the chances of me and my girlfriend staying together after high school was probably low mm-hmm. and she was all I really had in that, in, the, in our church. But mm. all my friends, I had like five or six of my best friends were in the Baptist church with me. We had all started together, all the girls and guys. We had probably a good 10 of us that just hung out went to church and did our thing um, and hung out on the weekends. And I knew I was like, man, there's no way gonna to stay together after this and then i'm gonna lose all my friends hmm. and she and i are gonna break up and then i'm gonna be left with nothing yeah and so i was like you know what socially i made the decision i i'm okay with the baptist church it's good i'm gonna do that i feel comfortable there too and um she was accepting she wasn't happy about it but she was accepting of it and then the day i went to the church to walk in i was walking in i was gonna tell i was gonna to go to the front of the altar and and accept baptism into the church and, and that was my decision. That's what I was going to do that day. And I walked up and I uh, went to open the door and a friend of mine's grandmother, she's about four foot tall (laughs) and she shuts the door and won't let me walk in the church. And, uh, I just looked at her and I said, I said, how are you doing? And she says, I'm doing great, Chris. How are you doing? And I said, I'm doing wonderful. And she goes, well, I don't want you to go in yet. And I said, why not? She goes, I need to talk to you. I said, okay. And she said, I need you to know that I love you to death. And my daughter's a Mormon and she's going to hell with the rest of the Mormons. And I looked at her and I said, well, I thank you so much. And I thank you that you love me and care about me, but I forgot something in my truck.
2: Hmm.
1: I'm going to go get it. And I went and got my truck and left and never went back. I had made up my mind that I could not join a church where you would condemn your own daughter to hell because she believes something different than you.
2: Hmm.
1: And, you know, the Spirit kind of testified to me that um, I made the right decision to get in my truck and leave. And so I left, and um, two missionaries uh, came into the ward. I had taken the first three discussions probably um four or five times every time a new set of missionaries would come mm-hmm. in they would start they would want to teach me because I was at church every Sunday
2: mm-hmm.
1: and so that was easy to find <laughs> they didn't even have to knock on my door um and then they would always get to discussion three and you know the discussions back then were when you get to the third discussion you talk about baptism and it's usually kind of the 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 discussion where you specifically want to ask well, will you follow the direction of the spirit and and be baptized on such and such a day or whatever, you know, sure.
0: Sure. Will you commit Uh, to this? Will you
1: commit to be baptized? And I would always tell them no. And then I would disappear. I would avoid their calls. Um, well, elder, the elder, the new elders came in. Um, and, um, all that had happened with the Baptist church. I was only going to the LDS church and, uh, they walked in They're like, Chris, do you want the discussions? I'm like, sure. And so they show up at my girlfriend's parents home and I sit down and they're like, all right, we're going to teach you the discussions. I said, no, I have one objection. They're like, what? I said, we don't start with one. <laughs> I've had the first three discussions four or five times in the last seven months. I Ready
0: for some higher
1: material. Let's go on material. to four five and six. <laughs> I said, I know there are three more. Let's Mm -hmm. go ahead and do those. I don't Mm -hmm. need the first three again. Mm -hmm. And I remember Elder Gray looks at me and goes, no, we have to teach you the first three. That's our job. And I'm like, well, how about I teach you the first three in the next 30 minutes? And then you start with four. (laughs) That's great. And he's like, okay, that we could do that. And so I taught them the first three discussions and committed them to several things that they had committed to me, like reading the <laughs> scriptures and going to church and all the things that you ask them to, to accept and commit to in the first three discussions. And we went through that and then, um, you never know. I mean, uh, it was interesting. We get in the fourth discussion and, and I remember when they looked at me and he says, uh, they said, you know, Chris, will you be baptized? July, my birthday, this is probably end of June, middle of June. Will you be baptized? And I think they gave me some date. And I'm like, no, I'll get baptized on my birthday, July 9th. It's a Sunday.
2: Hmm.
1: And I'm like, what? And so it was interesting. I noted a change, though, because something I started doing different was I started reading the Book of Mormon. I decided to read the Book of Mormon from beginning to end. I quit reading just because they give you the scripture
0: Sure. The little, the, passages. the little passages
1: that they wanted you to read. But after the fourth discussion, they could only give you so many of those, it's the, it's the same ones over and over again. <laughs> right. Read this. I'm like, I already read that. I already right, know it. I got it marked right here, you know, <laughs> and I've been to Sunday school every week and in, in mm-hmm. sacrament and priesthood. And so I was like, no, I'm just going to read it from beginning to end. And I will tell you that I, there's a power in the book of Mormon uh, when it comes to um, the, the spirit and, and the power of the miracles that come when you're, Uh, when you're reading the Book of Mormon. Um, And I will tell you that all this kind of fell into place when that started happening, when I decided that I was going to read the book of Mormon from beginning to end. Um, Awesome. Yeah, it was a great experience, and it definitely brought a spirit of change within myself. And I knew Joseph Smith was a prophet. I knew the Book of Mormon was true. I knew the church was true. Um, I knew I needed to be baptized. I just needed it to be, I guess, on my own time and my own my own schedule. I need to figure some other things out, both socially and, and um, who I was and what I wanted. Sure. And, you know, it was a neat experience as I read the Book of Mormon and felt that power. And things just kind of flipped around to where it made it a lot easier. Mm-hmm. And so I knew I needed to be baptized. So when they asked me, I already knew I was going to be. When they asked me to have to have the discussions again, I knew I would, um, and it just it was easy to say yeah, and so I decided I'd be baptized on my birthday, on July ninth, and then
0: <laughs> and you turned eighteen at this 18. time, I was okay turning
1: eighteen yeah, um, and so I had told my parents, and my I told them I said look, but I just want you to have one discussion, just listen to the missionaries for one discussion. You don't have to listen to them all, I just want you to listen to one. That way you know. That what I might get into because they really didn't know. My dad was reading a book, uh, I think it was like Mormon cult, Mormons are going to hell or something like that, mm-hmm. that his friend was a pastor giving him because they, he was talking about what I was doing and where I was going and the possibility of me joining this church. And he was really kind of nervous. My mom was really nervous because they didn't know anything about it. Sure. They only knew what people were giving them in and, and books. And I mean, it was a little brutal what people were telling them. We're in the South. We're in the Bible Belt. And so I asked them to have a discussion, and they they said they would, and then they kept putting it off. And so it went two or three weeks, went by, or two weeks went by. July 9th came and went, and they still hadn't had a discussion. The next week went, so finally July, I think, 31st. I had agreed. I said, if they haven't listened to discussion by the 31st, I'm going to go ahead and get baptized.
0: So was, were they pretty open with each other about their faith where they had followed different faith paths? Was it Um, an open discussion in your home?
1: (laughs) My dad, my dad, um, has never really believed in organized religion. Okay. He grew up church of Christ, but he, he was not an organized religion. He would be the person that would come in my room when I was a kid and teach me how to pray and give me scriptures and we would read scriptures together. Cool. But he would, he, he had very little faith in, uh, organized church. Okay. Um, he would rather be in a, in a deer stand or on a, in the woods <laughs> or on a river or on a lake. He says he can find God better there than someone trying to take his money. It was his kind of concept, his perspective, right? Um, he just didn't. He, he just didn't see it. Now that doesn't mean he wouldn't take us to church on right. Sundays. We would go to a, where he would always go with us. He was never against. It just wasn't his thing. My mom grew up Catholic, and mm-hmm. she, she. We went to church a lot, but at the same time, there's not really a lot of devotion in the Catholic. I mean, some people are really devoted, but majority are kind of like go four or five times a year, and that's all you gotta do.
0: Mm. And. So as I hear your story, I can't help but see so many parallels to Joseph Smith and you probably related a lot to him. It was that same time period in your life fourteen, that he was seeking. Yeah. And mm-hmm. his parents, his mom was of one faith and his dad was holding off right until he knew yeah, that the true faith was on the earth again. So, so interesting.
1: No, there's, I've noticed that a lot. Um, on my mission, I would, I, as I studied Joseph Smith and the story and the history of the church, it was, it was interesting. I, I was like, wow, there's a lot of parallels here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, you're, you're right. It, you can, I could see them.
2: Hmm. Uh,
0: so, okay. So July 31st was your next marker. And Well, I, yeah,
1: I, I, it was interesting. I, I went, I, I was baptized and I came home that evening. So I went back to my girlfriend's family's home and we, uh, I had been baptized, received the gift of the Holy ghost. I was a member confirmed, a member of the church. And, um, I, I believe, no, I may have been, I may have been ordained a, a priest at the time. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. I can't remember if they did it a week or so later, but I, sure. So I go home and I didn't even tell my parents that I was being baptized that day. I just, It was just a
0: private thing. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. And so I, I, um, I got home and my mom looks at me and she goes, you got baptized today, didn't you? Hmm. She knew. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, yeah, how'd you know? She goes, I just know. And she wasn't upset at the same time. She wasn't happy. It was kind of like a, okay thing. It wasn't either or.
0: Yeah. Well, technically, you were an adult. You could make that choice at that point,
1: but you wanted to honor
0: them by involving them if possible. Yeah,
1: my family's really close. I mean, Mm -hmm. my dad was my best friend, Hmm. you know, in high school. I mean, not, you know, but yeah, one of my best friends. I mean, we did everything together. It was my family's really tight all the way up to a second and third cousins live within 15 minutes of each other. So it's like (laughs) we got a huge extended family and everybody's close and tight. Um, church is about family. Our church is really big on, on family. And that's one thing I wanted to make sure they were comfortable with it. But in the end, I realized I had to make a decision with or without them
2: mm. and
1: they would have to get over it. Um, but I could have gotten baptized at 17 and they wouldn't have said anything. Really? No, they would have honored my decision. They were not anti of me getting baptized. Now going on a mission, that would have been a different story. Okay. That was a different story. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's, um, so I joined the church and then, um, uh, got the priesthood and, um, I, I don't, I didn't even get a calling my whole first year. I never had a calling in the church because by the time I got baptized, I was, I was going to college and working full time pretty much at LSU. And, um, I was kind of in between the singles ward, um, the ward my girlfriend went to was kind of a married ward. She didn't want to go to the singles ward. So I was between those two and my home ward, which was <laughs> so between the three of them, I got baptized and didn't really, I was never in one location very long. I was always going to one or the other hmm. uh, because if, if I was over here, I'd go here. If I was, so It was kind of strange uh, during that time period. But yeah. Hmm.
0: And that's a tricky time for young single adults who have been, raised in the church this is a time of life where you're just trying to find yourself but Rude it sounds joke. like you stayed strong and you chose on your own to go on a mission yeah. at 19
1: i yeah i um that's a good question let's see here i was i was i i had started going out with the missionaries i i become really good friends with missionaries the missionaries that i sit home that baptized me went home like a month later. And I believe I was their only baptism in their whole mission. Hmm. Uh, Which kind of makes the story of the kid who sent me the letter a few minutes ago pretty cool, right? Yeah. Um, So they went home and I just became friends with missionaries. Uh, And my home ward, the singles ward, LSU ward, I would just go out with the missionaries and proselyte and teach with them. Hmm. And, um, And so there was a set of missionaries at LSU at the time that I pretty, I, I had a white shirt and tie and <laughs> pants and dress clothes. I just hung it in their apartment. Hmm. Um, and I would go after school and after work and I'd go to their apartment and change clothes and we'd go proselyting, um, and just walk around and teach the scriptures and teach the s- discussions. I knew the discussions well enough. Yeah. I could teach the first <laughs> three with them and they're like, you know, these better. And I had them almost memorized in English. I could, pretty much give them and bear my testimony where I needed to bear my testimony. And I could share the scriptures that were in the, in the, in the discussions. And the missionaries are like, have you been an MTC? Do you you know? I'm like, no, I just, I've had them so many times. And so we, I would start teaching. I just loved it. Mm. I loved it. And, uh, I remember one night, uh, we were out proselyting and I, um, the spirit just said, this is your calling. This is what was you were told you needed to do when you were sixteen. This is wow. This is where you need to be.
0: That you were brought back to the accident mm-hmm. when you were preserved. Mm-hmm. Wow, you felt this passion to preach. Really? Oh, was, yeah, I loved it. That's I, I, so cool. Not
1: many people enjoy proselyting. Mm-hmm. I loved it. It was one of my favorite things to do to knock on someone's door and, and have a chance to teach them the gospel. Mm. And um, it was fun. And I remember just walking up to people on the street, and uh, <laughs> I remember some guy. He was a little drunk. <laughs> we, we were at LSU campus, and some guy walks up to the elders and like, "Are you Mormons? Hey, are you Mormon?" And he looked at one well, of the elders. Also, he goes, "Are you Mormon?" And the elder goes, "No, I'm not Mormon." Mormon died many, many years ago. But I can tell you a book that he wrote. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I think it was that night that I decided that I was going on my mission, that I was going to go on a mission.
0: Wow. And, um, and you served in Peru. And cool side story, just before we started this interview, Chris got a letter from the son of one of his...
1: The very last baptism I had in my mission.
0: So cool. Yep.
1: Yeah, uh, Brother Acero. Yep, he was, uh, I taught him for almost a month before he decided to, to, to be baptized. His wife was a member. His children were too young to be baptized. Um, and, uh, yeah, my very last person, I, I, I we, we taught him numerous times, the uh-huh. discussions. And then um, the week before I left, he decided to be baptized. Cool. Uh, baptized him, and uh, he eventually became Elders Home President. Been a bishop for ten years apparently, and uh, now his son has served in the Idaho mission, and uh, been sealed in the temple for two years, and now has served in a bishopric himself, and now is in a state presidency. So it's kind of, you know, to see. Uh, I told I would Gray he came and visited a couple months ago, and I told him I said, you know, you baptized me as one of your only people that you were able to baptize on your whole mission, my family's. Sealed in the temple with a family and kids, two that have served missions, and the last person I baptized on my mission before I came home became a bishop, and his son served a mission, mm. and uh, and is sealed in the temple. I said, isn't it kind of amazing how the, the spider web kind of just goes out? Yeah. And the gospel, how it spreads. And at moments we feel like we're not being very successful with sharing the gospel, but it doesn't take but one person mm. to affect generations. Yeah. So
0: beautiful. Those ripple effects just will keep going on and on. So how would you say your life is different because you are a member of the restored gospel?
1: That's a great question. Um, You know, I've imagined my life without it. Mm -hmm. And it's hard. But it's not that hard because when I look at my family um, and people around me, um, it's not that hard to imagine be like without it. And I will say life itself would probably not that different.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. I'm not saying that. I mean, cause I don't think life would change. I didn't drink when I was in high school. <laughs> I didn't do drugs. I really, I didn't smoke cigarettes. I didn't do a lot of the things that. And so I don't, I can't imagine that my life would have changed as far as quality like that would have changed. But I will say to be guided by the spirit, um, to, to have a grounded, um, gospel centered, Christ centered um, family uh, with the priesthood in my home and to be able to serve others is to me the most important thing. Um, I don't know how much I would be that different. I just know that my life would be different, that mm. my family's different. You know, I think about what I give my kids through the gospel. A chance to understand who Christ is, a chance to understand how the priesthood and serve others, to look outside of self, mm-hmm. um, I think is one of the most important things we have in the church. Um, I know that the Spirit guides me. Um, I'm, a, I'm a therapist today. I was in pre med before I left on my mission. Came back wanting to be in therapy, uh, work in, and be a therapist after working with, with missionaries and members who were suicidal alcoholics. And it, it was interesting, missionaries weren't alcoholics. People were alcoholics. <laughs> but I did have a few missionaries that were suicidal and struggled with with their own mental health issues that miraculously the mission president would say, Hey Elder Tarver, I know you're only 19 years old and you've only been a member of the church about a year. Um, how about taking on Elder So-and-so as your companion and working with him to see if you could help him with his mental health issues? I'd be like, What? And I just remember that feeling and the spirit guiding me and next thing you know, I realized my calling and I realized what Heavenly Father wanted me to do. Cool. Um and I had no idea, you know. And so when you ask what would be different, would I be different? I don't know. But I know my life would be different because mm-hmm. I wouldn't have my wife
2: mm-hmm. that I
1: have. Um the the spirit that guides and directs me and you know, um the testimony And more than anything, the thing I didn't... One of the reasons I didn't feel comfortable in the Catholic Church is because it wasn't active enough for me. I didn't feel going to Mass once a week and sitting there and then leaving was sufficient. Mm. And so whenever I found out about the priesthood and I found out about service and I found out about an active church that actually included you um, as an active part of the body of Christ, I thought it was... Right belonged. It felt right because I could I could do more than I could just sit. Hmm. If Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. Well, it's really cool. Chris has been a leader in our local congregation and and to hear him get up and preach is pretty cool. <laughs> and I mean, I really could see in another scenario. You being like a preacher who would make money for preaching if you weren't in this faith. You know, I think I could see you with the YouTube channel and (laughs) the followers and all of that. But instead, you are for no pay, no money. You are quietly going out, helping people and uh, ministering in that way. So that's a really beautiful thing. And how cool that the Lord led you to counseling because I think people just naturally will tell you anything and not feel like they can't.
1: It's interesting. <laughs> it's very true. Uh, sometimes I have to be careful because people start telling me stuff. I'm like, whoa, whoa. Whoa,
0: whoa. <laughs> Don't need to know that.
1: <laughs> no, not until you sign the paperwork and you start. And yeah, it's, <laughs> that's not No, that's something that's been happening since high school. I mean, yeah, kids it's that a- were struggling were always like, hey, Chris, can we talk?
0: I got to talk to you.
1: Yeah. And then on mission, it just it magnified. I mean, I, I was 19 years old, had no clue about most of the stuff I was talking about. The Lord just, I was guided in everything I did. Wow. I I probably worked with more alcoholics and family, working with marriage issues. And I would sit down with the husband and wife and do marriage counseling. Hmm. I didn't know what I was doing. The Lord was just guiding. I just sat there and little by little, it was like everywhere I went, it's what would happen. Whether they were members, missionaries or non-members. And so I was like, I remember writing a letter to the mission president after I was working with a missionary who was suicidal and everything worked out really well. And I have the letter that I wrote the missionary mission president. I said, I've changed my major as of today. and I'm not even in college. So when I get back, I'm changing it to psychology or something. Mm
0: -hmm. Cool. Yeah. Well, I think that's a testimony that when you are baptized by the proper authority and given the gift of the Holy ghost, uh, by confirmation, you are given spiritual gifts along with that. And so Mm -hmm.
1: what a cool set. We're guided. And I think that's Uh the most important thing, you know, yeah. Is that not the most important thing? I think and we talked about it today in, in church, right? The atonement is the most important thing. And that's the thing I, that's the thing that I, uh, I think I appreciate the most. Okay. Um, I don't think there's a prayer I have where I'm not grateful for the atonement. Yeah. Cause I know my weaknesses, right? And the Lord knows my weaknesses and he, and he, and he picks me up. He knows my shrinks, and I think he magnifies those. I don't think I'd be who I am without it.
0: So yeah, just to wrap up, can you share your feelings about Jesus
1: Christ? About my savior? For sure. You know, um, the rest is just a story in all honesty, right? The rest is the story. Um, I believe the Saviour is the purpose for the story, right? Um, sorry, um, it's amazing. that um, he loves me so much that he would he would bless me with, with what I have which is a great family and a chance to um, a chance to be like him um, he um, he knows that I'm not a perfect person he knows that I'm not I'm not what I want to be, probably not what he wants me to be. But I know he's walking beside me. Um, that experience in that high priest group, where they talked about becoming like God or becoming like our heavenly father, that made no sense to me at the time, but it wasn't two weeks into my mission where My Heavenly Father made sure that I knew what I was worth. Where becoming like Him wasn't blasphemy, instead it was the whole purpose. That through the atonement of Christ, through His love, through His sacrifice, not only am I made perfect, but I am made a joint heir with Him. That He is so humble and loving that He doesn't hold me down for my weaknesses instead he lifts me up to his level with his atonement and with his sacrifice that because he lived because he suffered because he died and because he was resurrected i don't have to fear death nor do i have to fear my imperfections i know that god loves me And he loves me so much that he wants me to be with him, but not just with him. He wants to give me everything he has, right? Romans 8, chapters 8, 14 through 16, I think it is. That the spirit bore witness to my spirit, that I am a child of God, and not just a child of God, but through the atonement of Christ and heir to God to receive all that he has. And that's who my savior is. (laughs) He suffered so that I wouldn't have to. So that i could walk beside him and be like him and that's who jesus is for me
0: beautiful thank you so much for being willing to share with us your your experience and your deep faith we appreciate it
1: thank you i needed this
0: (laughs) me too Chris certainly touched me with his very open spirit and willingness to bear testimony of the truths he knows. I would also like to testify of the truth that you and I have heavenly parents who love us enough to send their son. I believe in the power of Christ to change us all, even to perfect us one day in the eternities. There is no limit to Christ's atoning power. Thank you, Chris, for reminding us of this bold doctrine. Remember, my friends, when thou art converted, strengthen each other.